Hey, how's your church youth group going? If your church youth group is still doing things like they did in the 1980s, you might want to consider a change. Today we're going to talk to Cody Kivacek about how they're doing your youth group next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. It's another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by MyChurchDaily.com, and I'm Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, what is happening with you today? Um, we're doing another podcast. We have a special guest again, so this is good. That's right. Um, we, we have uh, several guests lined up over the next uh, five years or so. Um, this is episode, what is this, episode 309 or episode 310, something like that. Um, you'll, you'll figure it out. But uh, uh, by the way, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, folks, uh, please do so at whatever uh, place you get your podcast and check out mychurchdaily.com when you get a chance. That's our sponsor. And it's actually us. We, we actually are my church daily, but we thought we'd use this as a way to promote my church daily. It gives you the opportunity to be on, on uh, Amazon devices like uh, Alexa and uh, those kind of things that have a flash briefing. Uh, which is what Alexa is trying to do right now in my office. But uh, so check that out. It's a great tool to connect with your people. All right, Steve, we do have a guest today. And as I know, you don't like to fool around. So let's get to it. He is the youth leader at a live church in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, yeah, we've had a live on here two weeks in a row. We won't get into that. Uh, he's got, uh, he's got an interesting bio here. So I'm going to skip a lot of it because a lot of it's just, uh, goofy stuff here because he's he's a youth leader so you know they put goofy things in there they're allowed to do that but uh he uh, he would say that he's uh think of, of of a less attractive chris pratt uh a little bit nerdier less popular uh, uh cody uh, is what he said what he calls himself your friendly neighborhood youth pastor he loves jesus loves his wife and son hangs out with teenagers and when he's not doing those things, he, you can find him uh, playing board games with his friends. Uh, do you do video games or just board games? Some video game dabbling, um, but I much more like the social aspect of being in person around the table. Yeah, that's good. Uh, likes nature, likes camping, likes fighting. Uh, are you oh, fighting with swords? Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's been the youth pastor for about five years and uh uh, one of the his uh, one of his educational uh, perks is he learned leadership while making sandwiches at Jimmy John's for eight years. You worked at Jimmy John's for eight years. Wow. Yeah, off and on. Yep, and I was managing, wow. general managing, district yeah. managing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, isn't isn't Jersey Mike's a better a better sandwich chain? Uh, I think you're you're alluding to the fact that I would say I would fight you on this in my bio, and no, <laughs> Jersey Mike's <laughs> not better than Jimmy John's. All right. Can't have a better sub. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we won't get in there. Well, Cody, uh, Cody. Uh, actually, we 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 learned how to pronounce your name after all these years. Uh, <laughs> Cody Kavacek, right? Kavacek. Yep, that's correct. Cody Kavacek. Good Polish yep. name there. Thank all right. Uh, so Cody is our guest. Hi, Cody. Thanks for being with us today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. 
All right. Well, it's it's good to be with you today. So we want to talk about youth a little bit. And uh, uh, let me just start off. We've got some questions here. Steve will jump in here when, uh, when I don't cut them off. But uh, during the pandemic last year, uh, you guys, uh, your church streams, actually with our company, and then your church decided during the pandemic that you were going to have a separate stream for just youth. I think there was one for just kids too, right? Yeah, there was. Um, I think like every other youth ministry out there, we were like, well, let's try and see what works. And yeah. I, I likened it to like throwing spaghetti against a wall and seeing like, hey, we're going to throw a bunch of things and see what works and see what connects with students. Um, yeah. And how do we stay engaged with them throughout this whole process? Yeah. And so we tried a lot of different things and the streaming platform was one of those. And yeah. and we, how did it work? It worked. It worked really good from a from a logistical standpoint. The hardest part, I think, was just getting the students to go to a platform that wasn't really native to them, which is why we ultimately made the choice to go to YouTube. So you came up with it's a separate stream, right? Is there separate content from what yeah. the church service is? Yeah. So, right, so what? So what? What was it? Um, so what we, is it? Yeah. So we did and still do um, our own separate content for youth and and kids. Um, we one of the things that we do here at a live church is called One Voice. Um, I bet Kyle talked about it last week in, in the podcast. If you haven't listened, go back and listen to that one because Kyle's um, he's a, he's a great kids pastor. Uh, but one of the things that we have really focused on is teaching the same content every single week in a age and uh, appropriate and relevant way to different uh, environments and, and who, who are reaching. So for students, we are giving the same content, same message that our lead pastor is teaching, but in a way that it engages students more um, and has illustrations and ideas and concepts that, that they would grasp better. However, we're still teaching the same biblical principle an idea so that we're all aligning and we see this as really important because and we can get into this more but parents and kids being on the same page so when we started streaming the content and what we're doing now is um it's content that we're creating we're filming our own videos um, and we are putting that out out there for students to engage with so i've seen the the children's um stuff so the children's stuff is puppets Mm -hmm. and and, you know, leadership talking and having kind of, you know, kind of a, I don't know, uh, an age appropriate recording. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the youth's material yet. So is that uh, some of the staff getting together or? Um, so so we've, we've done a lot of different things. Sometimes we've had like two people on there doing talking back and forth, conversationally discussion. Um, we've done where we're like on locations shooting. Like we did one series where we went around Tucson and filmed at a bunch of different locations um, to give like this idea of different vantage points. Um, that was the series we were in, but for what we're, we're doing more consistently, we're in a studio. We have someone, um, it's typically me in front of the camera talking. Um, we have graphics and edits and stuff that fly up on the screen, green screen stuff behind me too. Um, we'll do scripture on this, on the screen. We'll do, um, if we're doing like an illustration or something, it might be a video that plays in within that that breaks up the content. Uh, but the majority of the time, it is a very it's a message. It's just a, a much shorter. It's not a 30 minute message. It's usually 10, 15 minutes. Um, we stop within the within the time to allow for conversation, whether people are joining on the stream and they can chat within the within the platform or we're in the classroom, which is where a lot of our, our videos are being viewed. Um, they are able to stop have the conversation and um so that it still breaks it up it keeps it relational and it lets students do what students seem to do and that's discuss and wrestle with the content okay so i'm trying to 
I'm trying to figure this out a little bit. So there's there's pre-recorded video, right? Yeah. So if I can see that if I'm in the classroom, I'm going to have, you know, 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of video, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a leader there and they're going to be working with the kids and they're going to do different discussions and maybe a fun game or something like yeah. that, right? But if I'm online, how, how is that where I would, so that video, pre-recorded video, is that the whole message that's online or how, how does the online part of it transfer over yeah so if you're if you're joining online um I, i'll sell this in two different ways because we have a we have another midweek um environment that i think is more online friendly um but our weekend service so it's very much it's it goes out when our services stream at the beginning of our service so it gets it gets premiered onto or it gets posted onto our webpage and onto our youtube and so people who are looking to um to watch the, the service online on the weekend. They'll, they'll watch, they'll be able to put into the comments of the chat, um, the, the comment section, what um, answers to the questions and stuff. And then a lot of it is on their opportunity to, or on them to um, engage with parents around the conversation. Um, there are, there's a, on our, on our youth page, we have talk notes and stuff for them to engage with every single week. Um, so it's, but, but then when we come to our midweek, what we do is we stream out on Tuesday nights um, through a lot of, through our through YouTube um, for our students, and so that um, stream we actually have both um, the YouTube stream and a Zoom room going on simultaneously. Okay, so if students want to join um, just on YouTube. They can be a lot more anonymous. They can chat. Um, one of the things we started more recently was at the same time that's going on, a Zoom room is going on. So we have some who's a leader. She's um, out in Tennessee and she's leading the, the Zoom discussion. Um, so she'll have one or two, three, four students who join her there and they're able to watch the stream. They're able to laugh with one another. They're able to talk to each other. Uh, and then when it goes to time for small groups, which we do on Tuesday nights, they break and have a, a small group discussion in that Zoom room. Huh. So the the whole the online piece of that really breaks down geographic barriers, right? So if you got yeah. your leader in Tennessee, then do you have people attending from different parts of the country or mainly the people that are attending online are coming from Tucson still that just aren't comfortable coming back in person. But a lot of what our, our weekend content is actually being used in um in in Link, England in Birmingham by another church that is out there. And so they'll watch our stuff every single weekend. Um, and they'll do it similar to the way we do it. It's just they're able to have the conversation in person with a few people um, there. So uh-huh. we're even though we we're talk global. funny, yeah. Even though we talk funny, but it's uh, from what I've heard, and I've we've had some when um, early on when we were doing everything on Zoom too. Uh, we had some Zoom groups and meet. They would come too, and so I met like a handful of the students that were engaging with their content online. Uh-huh. So we've had like small discussions. So um, I meant to mention this as we kick this thing off, but you're our, you're the, you know, I attend a live, so you're the youth pastor for a live, but my main exposure to you is you teach on the weekends as well. And I must compliment you. My wife and I are just like, wow, that guy, Cody does a great job. I mean, it's just amazing how well, and this will kind of lead into the next question, I think. Um, but how great a job you do with the adults and how, um, I mean, we've had paid staff that don't do us good, paid full-time adult staff that are called upon to preach occasionally that don't do nearly as good a job as you do. So kudos to you. You do a great job. You're very comfortable, very relatable. 
um, to the adults as, as well as the kids. So, and then that leads into Phil's first question on his list, right? Yeah, uh, I guess it would be, uh, one, well, we'll go ahead and go with it. I got a bunch of questions floating around in my head here. Some of them are on the list, but okay. Um, the first question I had was, do you, do you really, I mean, is, is youth group, you know, is it, is it really still relevant today uh, or has it changed? I mean, you've been a youth leader now for five years, right? Yeah, well, and I volunteered before that too. So, yeah. so you've been yeah. doing this for a while now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you mean, yeah, I read into what your question was, is it really important? I mean, oh, is that what well, it was? you can, you can uh, take that question to a couple of different ways, but is, is it important <laughs> to minister to the youth? Yeah. So I think that um, I, I can answer that in two different ways. So one is the idea of directly communicating and engaging the younger generation of the church important the the adolescence and the very unique state of life that they're in and i absolutely believe that yes um they are very different than other um, generations that are represented in the church and they need a very special um type of engagement and um uh, equipping and empowering for them to 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 really own their faith and grow and i think that it's one of the the most impactful um, areas of ministry within the church. And I say that because so many times when as the church, what we're doing is we're really trying to like bring people back to their faith and when they're in their thirties and their forties. And if we can do a really, really, really good job with leveraging those years where they're starting to make those long-term decisions in their life, those 13 to 18 year old, um, choices that they're making, where they're saying, okay, is church something that's going to be part of my life moving forward? Is faith going to be an element that I'm going to make sure is a focus and is like, I, I equate it to like when you're, when you graduate from high school and you have the table in front of you, I'm like, okay, what goes on the table? I've got my job, my career, my passions and all these things. And then we say like, okay, and where does faith fit in on this versus like faith is the table that I build everything else up on and helping what? them understand that what have you so you've been doing this for a while mm-hmm. but what has changed or, or has it the way to do youth group is it different than 10 years ago absolutely and how uh, so I, <laughs> so i think that that for a long time and i don't think i'm alone in this in the youth ministry circles a long time we really um lived in the 1986 model of youth ministry where you have a really cool environment everyone comes and then that's like that's how you do it. you preach the message and it's that uh i think that the change and the shift that has happened in youth ministry over the last 10 years is the importance of relational like relation building and small group environments students are wired to process and publish um they're wired to publish in the moment if we think about it like uh there's a guy named terry park when he talks about this in depth and he really talks about how students are are uh, they wire in the they're, they're wired to publish in the moment where they're posting constantly they're commenting they're liking everything that they do when they engage in a digital space is I get to be a part of the conversation, whether that is simply from the background and just liking a post or sharing it or actually commenting and talking with their friends about it, but everything they're, they're wired to do is that. And so as the youth, as youth ministry shifts and changes, we, the, the relevancy of just sit here and listen to what I have to say, and then you're good and go and live your life is out the door because what they need to do is 
well, I know that what you're saying, like, okay, maybe it sounds important, but I don't know how it applies to me until I wrestle through it and I talk about it and I publish in this moment of what I think and I hear what other people are saying and that, that, that back and forth and that wrestling is what's so important to the development of their faith. And so if we don't create environments where they're able to do that on a regular basis, where they're able to have those conversations, really dive in and, and challenge one another's thinking, one, we're, we're setting them up to fail in a way if they, they graduate from youth ministry, all they've heard is what we say versus taking it and owned it for themselves. So this is why I know what I believe. This is why I believe what I believe. And this is how I know how I can even defend it to an element of like of being able to defend my faith. So let me ask a follow up here. Sorry, Steve. Uh, if that's true, and and I I, I think you're right. I, I it most likely is. Uh, wouldn't and you you've been speaking to adults too, as Steve just alluded to earlier, and he said he did a really good job. I have to go back and listen to you, but uh, wouldn't that be true for adults as well? Yes, and I, I completely agree with that too. Um, and. That I mean, one of the things that most churches do is some sort of like life group and that kind of thing. Like, but I think that even like as the, the church shifts, because what we're also thinking about is this generation now is growing up and in 20 years, 10 years from now, they're going to be one of the largest represented demographics in the church. And if church hasn't caught up to the way that they've grown up and are wired, then we're going to we're going to be speaking to a generation that's no longer in the seats or that is aging out of the seats. Interesting. So, so yeah, I think it's absolutely important. So you're talking about the relationships. Is it is it more important to establish kind of peer to peer relationships or youth leader to um, young adult relationships? Because I guess I mean, if you don't have the the youth leader to young adult, then they're just going to tune you out, and it's not going to happen. But if you don't have the reinforcement of the kids what's the where do you focus on on developing those relationships yeah well that's a very good question because there's it's it's almost like a twofold approach you really have to make sure that um one you have the the people the adults that are able to be the wisdom like they there needs to be that when they're having those conversations and having those peer-to-peer discussions that there's still someone who is able to challenge that thinking and not from a Hey, you're wrong. And this is why it's right. But from a, Hey, why do you think that's true? Okay. Let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Let's ask those questions, those thought provoking questions, those critical thinking skills um, that come with age and wisdom and and having been around the block. Um, So I think that there's the element of developing leaders who are able to do that. Um, to engage with that. And so that their, their relationship with the student, they have the, the ability, the privilege, the opportunity to speak truth into that. Uh, but then you create an environment of students too, who are able to cr- challenge and, and question that so that there is that I'm not in this alone. It's not just me and a bunch of adults, but also I am able to have those people to fall back on if I need to. Yeah. I know just personally for me, the probably the, the one of the strongest reasons that I'm still strong in the faith is because I developed some friends that are strong in the faith. And then, and we kind of, we've gone through life. We've gone from, you know, high school, junior high to high school to college, and then out in the real world. And it was, uh, it was somewhat of a, it was a, a peer group of friends that were all believers that helped maintain the faith as you go through. So that's, I would think that's uh, cultivating that 
in kids' lives it would be very important. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I guess you're doing that through through what you're doing, right? Well, yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're trying to at least. Um, and that's probably one of the, one of the hardest things about youth ministry is it is such a long-term um, mission field, the ministry field to, to a degree, like you are planting seeds for years and years and years, and you may not see the fruition of those seeds until they, they're, they're in their twenties and graduated and having those types of relationships. Um, recently, the boys that I lead, I lead a small group on Tuesday nights of um, high schoolers, mostly upperclassmen, juniors, seniors that have been in the youth ministry now since they were in seventh and eighth grade. And one, like, there's been so many times recently where we've been having a really deep discussion. I'm kind of just sitting back and listening and seeing these guys that have been in in my small group for years now leading and saying exactly what I would say in this situation and like talking like that that is absolutely theologically accurate what you're saying right now and it is perfect like I don't even need to chime in here and Mm -hmm. seeing that happen but that was five years of work that went into that and so one of the hardest parts about youth ministry is feeling is the I don't see the the fruit of what I'm I'm doing here right now. And then getting discouraged in that. And I think that's like, you hear youth pastors who the the average youth pastor stays on a church for like 10 months or something like that. Maybe it's, maybe it's two years even, but, and that's like, why? Because they're not seeing the fruit of the work they're putting in. And there's so much work that is involved and there's an emotional drain on it that if, if you're not seeing the, the wins happen on a regular basis, it can, it can be discouraging. So another big challenge that I had, you know, my kids all went through the youth group and I think this is probably common with a bunch of other youth ministries is you've got, and I'm a smaller church and I've got seventh graders through 12th graders, right? Mm -hmm. And the 12th graders don't want to have anything to do with the seventh grade. They want to do with the the ninth graders, you know, the 10th graders, because it's just not cool, Whereas the seventh graders are just having a blast and the, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you, how do you solve that problem? One of the the biggest is to challenge the leadership of the older, older students. Um, We have a pretty large contingent of our youth now who are serving and volunteering. um, And that gets them kind of this opportunity to, I can lead and I can be a part of what's going on here. And I don't have to necessarily engage with a sixth grader, seventh grader that's playing like going wild in the courtyard right now. I can be a part of this youth ministry and I can be pouring into them, um, equipping them to, to lead. Even some of our um, upperclassmen will go into our younger groups and lead discussions there or, or be alongside the leader and kind of like co-lead in that. And so it's putting, it's elevating them and recognizing, yep, you have this you are um, farther along, you are a, a senior and it's, it's weird being around a sixth grader. Um, but what you're doing is you are, is you are showing what it looks like to live out your faith on a regular basis. You are, you are an example to them, but then it's also recognizing that, like, but I'm not losing sight on, I'm, we're pouring into this person. And so some of the things we'll, we'll have get togethers that are just high schoolers outside of the youth ministry. We'll um, like, we have different types of like for like where they're hanging out and chatting, like um, chat rooms and stuff like that. Chat rooms, that's such an antiquated word. Um, we'll use like discord servers where they're able to talk and hang out with one another. Um, that is more their age, age area. We have like different chats just for them um, so that they don't feel like, they're always around it. Um, and even on the weekends, we have a high school service and a middle school service so that they're not in th- together constantly. So what have you, uh, what have you learned in youth the last five years? Man, <laughs> I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, I think it's, 
it's very easy uh, what kind of what I was saying earlier of being discouraged and seeing the years that were hard and feeling like I'm not doing anything I'm not accomplishing anything and I'm one to really get on myself pretty hard sometimes about that stuff um, I've learned to look at the bigger picture look at the small wins and celebrate those things um, but then I've also learned to really rely on the team that I have um, it's like you're not in this uh, alone when it comes to leading youth ministry there are so many people who are passionate and want to be a part of it and feeling this desire to like I have to do it all um, almost to like justify my role. Even I think a lot of youth pastors live in that of like, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to prove myself, I've got to make sure that I can handle everything. And it's like, well, if you want to prove yourself as a leader, you got to make sure that you can show leadership by, by bringing along and building a team and a solid team of people who want it, who are there. And really those are some of the most important relationships that I've learned to pour into is my volunteer team, because they're the, the youth pastors to these students, um, the ones that are really, truly able to connect with them in ways that, because I'm never going to have the same connection with a ninth grade girl that one of our small group leaders is. And I shouldn't try to do that. I shouldn't try to be that person. And so it's finding those people, equipping them and constantly pouring into them and having the hard conversations that need to be had so that we can get to growth, like addressing conflict, not worrying about it. Like a lot of very simple leadership things that like, you know, but actually taking action on them are so important to do. And uh, that's, that's some of, some of the things that I've learned. So um, other things here that I'm thinking of that are kind of pivotal um, and one's a question here, but uh the role of say like camps and other like national Christian organizations. I know that we live in a different era than when I was in high school, but actually young life was a really cool thing when I was in high school, really popular. It was, they'd have, you know, we had a high school of 500 and they'd have a hundred people at, um, you know, one of their midweek things. So anyway, what's the role of, things like camps and other national organizations and that sort of thing. And as part of your ministry, we view camp as like youth ministry on steroids to a degree of we have, cause we, we, I mean, when it averages it out, you probably have like 40 to 50 hours a year that you're spending with students. Sorry. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere around that with every week and everything, sometimes depending on your context and stuff, like we have two hours every Tuesday. So give or take um, camp, you get, a full week of time with them and you're able to really build um, relationships. You're able to build this community. And so that's where we look at camp as it's a community driver. It's a momentum builder. Um, There are big, obviously they're really big spiritual decisions that happen at camp. Um, And that's one of the main reasons that we go is for students to be able to get out of their comfort zone, unplug um, and connect to God in a whole different way. But even with, with that aside, one of the biggest way, things that we see camp as is we're able to just have this like very strong community built there that carries on into the school year that is um, contagious in a lot of ways that when they get back and things are going back and like we're getting back into the rhythm of the school year and the life, those relationships don't just leave. They stay there and they bring other people in. They want other people to know the inside jokes. They want other people to, to like really be on board. And next year camp comes around there. They're getting back into that rhythm. Um, so I think that camp is a great momentum builder, but it's, it's not like the end all be all. It's not like 
go to camp and get saved and all that. It's like, it should just be one little element of that spiritual faith journey that students have throughout the year. Um, and there, I think there are ways to create that same environment and engagement if you can't go to camp, if you don't go to camp um, with the, how you like even engage, like we went to, we went out to Fantastics last night and even those simple things of like carrying that same energy into those environments where you're out in the world even and being like, oh, who are all these kids? They're all super fun and having like a blast, but they're not being rude or disrespectful. It's like, oh, it's a church. It's like those type of like um, elements I think are just as important to, to that as opposed to like having to spend thousands of dollars on camp. Um, and that's where I think those national organizations really come in. Like yeah, Young Life for that is, is a good example of something like that, where it's, it's a thing that meets on high school campuses. It's a thing that's very visible to the public. And it is this environment where students are able to express, hey, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm here together with you guys. I think that um, Young Life, I, I don't have a lot of experience with Young Life. I know of them. I know people who have been in them um, and I've heard the horror stories and I've heard the good stories. Um, I think we all have on both sides of that. Um, I think that one of the most powerful things of Young Life is connecting Christians to Christians at high schools, because I think that is probably one of the hardest things for students to recognize and do realize is I'm a Christian and I go to high school and there are actually a lot of other Christians that I go to high school with that I don't know. And I think Young Life gives that opportunity. Um, we've done in the past and we're now that COVID is kind of like, obviously not gone, but we're working towards um, being able to do more things and we're doing combined youth ministry events where we'd have a bunch of youth groups coming together so you have all these students who are represented at all these different schools and they're able to come together and so I think that whatever it is that's happening in the schools it's an opportunity for students to recognize that they're not alone that there's this um, solidarity and within their their schools where they're able to live out their faith good stuff cool what uh we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are involved in their church to some capacity. I mean, they might be on staff or they might be a volunteer. What would you say to somebody that's considering getting involved in youth ministry, uh, leading, you know, leading a youth group, kind of like what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I would, if, if you feel that inkling, like if you're thinking about it, then I feel like God has put that on your heart for a specific reason and you should absolutely go and do it. Um, one, it keeps you young. <laughs> uh, like there's nothing like, being wild and wacky with a bunch of teenagers or like bring out that child at heart. Um, it, like Jesus gets down and like, if you don't live, uh, if you don't, uh, you don't have faith like a child, then like, this is what you need. And we were like, I don't think we can really understand what faith like a child is if we're not around children and youth. Um, especially some of the questions like that. I have grown so much more in my own relationship with God through the challenging questions that I've been asked over the years and through that, like that search for answers, search for knowledge, search for understanding and helping students to do that. I've learned so much about my own relationship with God. Um, and, and that's like those two things alone, like it keeps you young and you learn so much more about God through the eyes of, through their eyes and through engaging with them. Um, but I think even more so students need adults, uh, they need people who are pouring into their lives. There's research that shows like they need a five to one ratio of adults to them to one student that is like pouring life into them. And that's not five small group leaders, but it's your, it's your coaches, it's your, your pastors, it's your parents. It's that one person that you volunteer with at church together. Like that's your person that you get to talk to on the weekends, maybe 
they're just like a, an older man who knows Jesus and loves Jesus. Like those relationships are so important for a student when it comes to their lifelong development of their faith. So whether it's you stepping in fully into a youth leadership role, or it's just, I'm going to make sure that I help students feel like they're welcomed and that I care about them. Both are equally important. Yeah, very much so. All right. So look, we're out of time here. Steve, unless you wanted to say something, we can go no, over time to you. We're good. We're, yeah, we're actually over time a little bit, right? We are. But this has been good. I, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, uh, Cody uh, Kivacek has been our guest. He's the youth leader at the Live Church in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Cody, how can people get a hold of you if they have questions? Um, if you go to livechurch.com, my email address is on there. Um, also, just my last name is my Instagram, at Kivacek. Um, okay. Both of those are the easiest ways. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, we sure appreciate it. Thank you for your time, Cody. It's uh, it's exciting to hear what's happening. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, folks, this uh, podcast is brought to you by MyChurchDaily.com. Check it out. MyChurchDaily.com. If you want to get on Alexa, connect with people in your congregation, you can have a flash briefing using MyChurchDaily to uh, to put some content on uh, Alexa devices. People can you know, use Alexa to over. How many million people use Alexa devices, Steve? We've got like 30 million or something. Uh, yeah. it's like 35 million households. I think it households. Is. So I'm not sure what the, yeah. what the individual numbers are. Yeah. We have like 12 here at my house, but, uh, they're a great tool to, to connect with people. So mychurchdaily.com. So enough of that. Thank you, uh, Steve Lacey for your time. Glad to be here. And again, thank you, Cody, for your time. Sure. Appreciate you. Glad to be here too. And my name is Phil Thompson, and thank you for listening and watching the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care. We'll catch you again next time on another edition 